Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Tani Levitt, welcoming you to a special edition of the Basketball Show, coming in hot on a Tuesday. Today we have a a special episode. One of the things we want to do more of here at 24-7 Sports Podcast is have some of our amazing authors from 247sports.com who write feature articles come onto our podcast and talk about the articles. What was their process? How did how did this story uh, become? And so the very first time we're doing this here is on the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Uh, I'm about to bring on 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Evan Daniels who just wrote a really exciting piece on Anthony Edwards, the Georgia standout, and potential number one pick in the NBA draft. We get into the fact that Anthony started off with a different sport. He had a rapid ascent. He reclassified. Why did he choose Georgia? And if Anthony had stayed with his uh, first sport, you know, how good would he be? Because he seems to think that uh, he'd be he'd be pretty good. So I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to give too much away. So without further ado, I'm going to cut you right in now with my conversation with Evan Daniels. So I'm in here in the studio now with uh, Evan Daniels, who is the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Though I think that uh, might maybe uh, do a little disservice because he is our college basketball. You know, he is everywhere. I swear one day I look up and you're next to me in the office and the next day you're on CBS Sports HQ uh, doing some somebody's uh, reveal where they're going to school. So Evan, you're definitely involved in a lot of things these days. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh it's uh I, the jobs keep me busy that's for sure well uh well traveled and um i don't know i'm uh i'm always in a gym somewhere <laughs> well lucky you so so the reason we have you in today is because you just wrote a really really exciting piece uh about a potential first round pick uh georgia standout anthony edwards uh titled self-made man how anthony edwards became an elite nba prospect and for those of you at home who haven't had the chance to read it i strongly encourage you to read it that's at 247sports.com um but just generally speaking anthony edwards is the number one or was the number one player in the 24 7 sports composite for the class of 2020 he now plays a guard for university of georgia and, and Evan walks us through his story, how he, he got there. You know, he football wasn't his first sport. He went through some uh, personal tragedy and, and grew tremendously very quickly as a player. So it was really, really an exciting read. Um, and, and so I wanted to ask you very first, like, how did this start? Were you like you, you decided, OK, Anthony Edwards, he's probably going to be the number one pick. Uh, so I want to write a, 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 a story about his journey, or you heard from someone that, you know, well, there's this interesting thing where football, basketball, how, how did this start? Well, I, he's a kid that I've just been familiar with for, for a really long time. And, you know, I watched him through majority of his high school career. I, w- I'm get, I, I believe the first time I saw him was his sophomore year. Um, and then, you know, he ended up or actually that might have been his freshman the summer after his freshman year because he, he what people forget is he actually reclassified he didn't really do a senior season yeah we're going to get to that um so he's just got a unique story, and uh, he's a kid that I've tracked pretty closely. Um, you said we we're going to get to it, but when he did reclassify, we bumped him to number one. Uh, we were actually the only people that ended up putting him uh, number one uh, of the, the major recruiting services. And uh, he's just uh, a kid that um, you know I got to know during the process and learned about his story, and uh, I wanted to go tell it. Mm-hmm. And so, so real quick before before we move on from this, why why did we have him number one over James Wiseman? 
in the NBA draft or coming out of high school? Coming out of high school. I I think it was the combination of the physical tools that he gifted, that that the skill development piece where you could tell and see that he was progressively getting better. Uh, and, and then it's the same thing that I would say to this day and for the draft is he's so good right now and he's so far from a finished product. He's headed in a tremendous direction. He was in high school and um, I just thought the blend of physical tools, skill set, room for growth, and just the way the NBA is going in terms of how um, playmakers like him and scorers like him are having so much success. I thought he was the best prospect. Now it was close, but I thought he was the best prospect and still do. Yeah, I mean, you certainly can't go wrong with either of them. If your if your NBA team is drafting one of those two guys, you'll you'll have what to be excited about. Um, but you know, at the the first part of your article, you talk about how you know growing up in Georgia, football is the sport down there, and and so Anthony was playing football as his first sport until he was you know in late middle school. And my favorite part was you you link to a video of him playing football when he's eleven, and he's just you know way bigger than these kids and trucking dudes and just outrunning like you know when you watch football and you and you see okay like the safety's coming over, he's gonna make this tackle, and and he just runs through the angle and and blazes by dudes. So so. I know you're a basketball guy, but I'm curious, you know, what would do you think his ceiling would have been if he had stayed in football? Because you quote him in the article saying, you know, he could have hung with the guys in the SEC championship game. That might be a question for Barton Simmons more than me. But, uh, you know, when I went to write this story, uh, I knew that he had a love for football. I didn't know how deep it was. I didn't know how good he was. Actually, uh, after I sat down with him and we had the conversation, I went back and did some, some, some Google searches and, and found not only the video that you're referring to where he just scored touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, I found this video where he was being interviewed um, by these two, two tw- uh, twin women. And they were talking to him about his football development, and he was like 10 or 11 years old. And you could already see, like, Anthony's personality kind of coming out then. But uh, I guess until I saw that and that video, I didn't quite understand, you know, just how good of a football player he was then. Then when you you call around and talk to people around him and, you know, no, he was, you know, he was this legit football player, could have been. Um, now, obviously, it's, that's really early. That was, you know, back in middle school, and and who knows how how guys develop in sports. But obviously, he's an elite level athlete. And here's the other thing I'd say: like, I remember, and I was around him a lot in high school. I guess the last time in high school would have been at McDonald's All American game, and I didn't see him in person until I went and watched them practice. And he is built like a Mack truck and a far bigger than he even appears on television and bigger, a lot bigger than he was back at the McDonald's All-American game. Um, Like that dude on a football field could have been a force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when he came on the TV uh, in Maui, that was the first time I watched one of his games. And even in a disappointing effort in that first game, he took he took the ball to the cup at one point and kind of collided with someone and fell. And the camera zoomed in. It was one of those times when he's on the baseline, the camera's on the baseline. They're right up on top of each other, and I, you know, it just zooms out on his shoulder. And I was like, "What is this? This thing must have its own orbit." Like <laughs> he, he's chiseled, and and so that's why that's why I had to get this football question in because. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just it's just crazy. Like these these elite athletes, they're they're just 
incomprehensible for us normal people. It's funny because I asked Tyree Crump, who is a teammate at Georgia, and those two are basically inseparable, is how I understand it, on campus, really close friends. Um, you know, they didn't know each other until Ant got to Georgia. He was, he was his host on his official visit. But I asked him about the football piece, and I guess Anthony was kind of known, and Tyree is from Atlanta as well. Tyree is for, kind of known as this football phenom growing up, and Tyree had heard of him. So when I brought it up to him, he's like, oh, yeah, Ant, Ant could have played football for sure. People down there don't mess around with their football. So if they're saying that, I have to I have to assume it's true. Right. So so let's let's talk about his recruitment for a second. Like I said, so how important in terms of Anthony's trajectory towards potential number one pick was it for him to reclassify from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty nineteen? Well, he could have been a potential number one pick in, in either class. He he was behind Evan Mobley, uh, I think at that and Jalen Green at that time, but he had just come off a really impressive summer where he had put himself in that conversation. He wasn't always thought to be as a number one type player coming out of high school. And the year before, he was more of thought of as a top 20 guy than a number one guy, and he just progressively got better. He also grew a little. Um, but I, I think he's uh, he's just a special talent man. And um, when he recl- the reclassifying was was more of a thing of he was ready. You know, he didn't need to spend another year in high school basketball. He he was he was uh, college ready. Obviously, that body, as we're seeing, is college ready. His game was progressing at a good rate. Uh, he was at the point where he he didn't need to spend another year in high school. It was let's go to college and and guys like him that are projected to be you know potential top three at worst top five picks. Go get to the money quicker. hundred percent. That was the thought process, I believe. So. If if he was still in the class of 2020, where would you have him ranked now? That's a great question. Um, he would be one or two probably. Um, Evan Mobley is who we have, number one, uh, who I think is a very good prospect. Uh, Jalen Green uh, is up there in that conversation too. Um, but he, he will be right there. That's, that's crazy. It's crazy that someone could, you know, like watching, watching games of Anthony Edwards, what you're saying makes me really excited for Mobley. You know, one of the things that you talk about in the piece is, you know, the, the difficult uh, situations that Anthony has endured. And, you know, he lost his mother, lost his grandmother, wears the number five in, in both their honors. And so I'm curious, when he's going through that reclassification, you know, who, who, is, his, who is his support system? Who is he making that decision with? Well, he, he was making that decision with uh, a couple different people, obviously, um, his family's he's got a, a sister and some brothers that, that he's close to. Um, Winfred Jordan was his AAU coach uh, at the Atlanta Express. Uh, he had a, a lot of involvement. His trainer, Justin Holland, who was mentioned in the story, uh, he had a lot of involvement. So he, he had uh, a group of people to, to rely on for, for help. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think Winfred Jordan had a, had, a, had a lot to do with it in, in terms of being a sounding board and helping him for sure. And that's, you know, that's who he played AAU with all through high school. Mm-hmm. And so, so when he does choose to reclassify, then, then he opens, you know, his recruitment uh, becomes all the more pressing and he eventually chooses University of Georgia, which is far from a powerhouse. And I wrote down some, some interesting stats that people at home might be, might be curious about. So if, if number one, being the number one pick in the NBA draft was your goal, like I wouldn't say Georgia's like the place to go, you know, just nine first round picks from Georgia in the program's history in the NBA draft. And like, 
uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope might be like, up until this year at least, like the second best player in Georgia history, maybe definitely in the conversation. And certainly uh, until now, the second highest pick in the draft. And so, you know, why did he choose Georgia? It's it's just curious. Like you put in for the crystal ball, you had Georgia, and you have to assume that that was his relationship with Tom Crean, but it's just very curious. Yeah, I think there's a mixture of things. Like keep in mind, he's, you know, where he grew up, hour and a half-ish, I think maybe even less than that, uh, from the University of Georgia. Tom Crean, when he got the job really made him a priority and a, a must get. And I think there was a relationship built there and a, a trust level built there. Um, but I think proximity to home really factored in. I mean, this is a, an Atlanta kid through and through. Um, and, and those guys did a really good job recruiting him and, and laid a plan out. And I think, you know, their whole pitch, and, and Anthony told me this, uh, their whole pitch, you know, centered around him being – um, a Dwayne Wade type player, a Victor Oladipo type player. Obviously, those are two guys that Tom Crean uh, coached, one at Indiana, one at Marquette. Um, so I, I think that factored in. And, and the truth is, is you know, his game has some resemblance to those guys. He's his own man, and his his game is different. Um, but there's you know there's there's some different aspects of those games that that make a lot of sense for Anthony and uh, I think he just felt comfortable there and and I could see that when I was interviewing him on campus. Uh, in, in fact, he he told me he doesn't even you know like going home. He 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 seemed to really really enjoy his experience both from a basketball standpoint but also from a, just being a college kid. Standpoint. I was about to say college is really fun. Like I, I don't know if people at home listening remember I'm young enough to to have just recently been in college and college is way fun so I, I totally get that <laughs> my brother lives 20 minutes from my parents house at college and he's like always looking for reasons to not go home uh, so, so you know I, I'm also curious you know Dominique Wilkins is the name that I didn't bring up he you know he's probably the best player in Georgia history and he went number three overall in the NBA draft and for Anthony you know do you think it matters to him that he could potentially go earlier in the draft than Dominique? Like, what does that say about him and about the program? Well, one, it says a lot about how good Anthony is. Um, You know, I I would guess that deep down Anthony probably doesn't care too much that he's going to be drafted higher than Dominique Wilkins. But I also know that he's a kid that's competitive uh, and, you know, strives to be great. So uh, I think – you know, having an opportunity to go number one or number two. I mean, I think he relishes in that. And uh, I think that's something that he's he's working towards. Mm-hmm. And so if he goes number one, we have this interesting situation where in two years in a row, we have guys who grew up in, let's say, not basketball powerhouse states in Zion and Anthony. And they both entertain their number one and number two choices were a blue blood and a local school. And, and we see Zion chose Duke, and we see what that did for him. And we see now Anthony went to Georgia, and we're seeing what, you know, he's still being able to find that trajectory. And I just think that's, that's a really interesting contrast, because, like, I, I wasn't working in the field at the time. I'm not an expert, but I was really convinced that Zion was going to go to Clemson. And when he went to Duke, obviously, that was the right choice for him. You know, it's worked out in spades. Right. And, and seeing that, Anthony still decided to go to Georgia. Like, can you just think through that with me? Like, it's crazy to me. Well, I think every kid's situation and scenario is different. Every kid's uh, what's what's what matters to them, what's important to them, uh, is different. The relationship factor, I think, is the most important thing uh, in recruiting. 
it's why kids go places to me. I don't think that they necessarily pick schools. I think they pick coaches in, in most scenarios. Now, there's obviously uh, situations where, where that's different. Um, I, I think that Ant had a comfort level, not only with Cream, but with the school. He's close to home. He's extremely close uh, with his trainer, Justin Holland, and his AAU coach, Winford Jordan. I think he wanted to be close uh, to those guys. And I, I think that, that factored in. And keep in mind here, I told you that, that 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 no one else had him ranked number one. I don't think anybody else had him ranked number two either. So he wasn't this consensus number one prospect um, for for this draft coming out of high school. It's what I thought. Uh, it's not what everyone thought. And now I think it's trending towards, you know, he's looking like the consensus. I know that James Wiseman's right there. And, you know, it could – one or two could come down to fit and need and what that NBA team uh, is looking for. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that he has improved his stock since he's been on Georgia's campus. And in terms of, like, the health of the sport in general for college basketball, do you think it's better that, you know, sometimes guys are going to the Blue Bloods and sometimes guys are going to, uh, you know, their local school, let's say? Or do you think, you know, if, if like, we're being honest, you know, we as fans want the best for uh, you know the, these young players with the talent and and potentially what's best for these players is to get as much exposure as possible and that and that would come by going to a blue blood for anthony that would have been kentucky you know where do you see that balance playing well, out for you guys like him i don't know that they need the biggest exposure biggest school biggest i guess i'm thinking program. of the very first you, decade of the 2000s mentality yeah it's it's different now man like these 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 kids are well known um, there are high school kids coming into high school with 200,000 plus followers on Instagram. Um, I mean, they're legitimate uh, stars in high school. People know them. They're, you know, they're B-list celebrities at that point, um, it, it, which is crazy to think about. Um, so I, he, I, I think it's one. I think it's to answer your question. I think it's good for college basketball for them to be spread out. I think it's great for parity. Uh, we're seeing that across the college basketball landscape. This year, there's no great team. Um, now, the freshman class in general is, is down, and you've got R.J. Hampton overseas and, and LaMelo Ball overseas, and, and now James Wiseman sitting out, and Cole Anthony is not playing. So it, it was um, an already bad class was is looking a little worse. Um, but I, I think – you know, it's, it's obviously good for the Blue Bloods to be really good. It's also good for other teams to be good to have, you know, those those stories where, where they, they make deep runs in the tournament too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first the first college basketball team that really resonated with me was that Wake Forest team that made the Final Four, like a center, random guy from Australia. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about, you know, like finding reasons for teams that you might not necessarily think about. You know, I don't know if I've given Wake Forest time of day since then, but that team really captured my imagination when I was you know, like seven or eight or whatever. Moving back to um, Anthony in high school, he, you know, he had this uh, serious relationship with his trainer, Holland, like you mentioned. And there's this moment in, in your article, and I, I sensed a, a bit of irony because uh, Anthony starts working with the trainer, and he says that they didn't work on three-pointers for months. And for me, you know, watching his games, probably Anthony's most defining moments of this college basketball season thus far have come from the three. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about Anthony Edwards with Kevin Flaherty before the season, you know, he was saying, I, I worry that he's over-reliant on the three even a little. 
And so to see where he started and where he is now and how different those guys are, that was so interesting to me. Yeah, it was funny to hear uh, both Anthony and Justin talk about their first workouts and then their shooting where, you know, Justin was basically like, oh, he couldn't shoot when we first started. And Ant just started laughing when I when I brought it up to him. And he's just like, well, I could shoot. I just missed a lot, <laughs> which was which was pretty funny. That's how he and I are similar as basketball players. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, the jump shot is something that he's just spent so much time working on. And he he really developed good mechanics. And it's honestly why we've always believed in him as a shooter. He, he wasn't always consistent. Um, his final summer on the UA circuit, he shot it at like a 46% clip from three, which is obviously really good. He didn't match that in high school. Uh, his senior year but when you look at his mechanics they're very compact um, he, he's developing his footwork and it's always been uh, pretty decent if you notice he has a, a like a slight fade sometimes right now where he lands on one leg um, which is some that's easy to clean up uh, his, his release point is maybe a tad low but it's fine he's got deep deep range which he's always had I mean he's sh- he he shoots it with ease well past the stripe I think in time he's gonna be a really really good shooter he's not there yet and part of it I think, and I, I laid this out in the story, and, and Tom Crean and I discussed this, is once he learns shot selection and takes better shots, and um, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but he's taking a, a, a very large portion of his three-pointers this year have been contested mm-hmm. or off-the-dribble shots. When he takes catch and shoots, I think he's 9 of 23. Um, but the, the jump shot is an area – um, that I think he's going to be really good at. And if you, there's a couple things when you, when you look at him um, making shots is he gets great lift. So at 6'5", 220 pounds or whatever he is, it's hard to get to his shot. He gets great lift off, off the ground, um, and he can just make difficult shots. But I, I think cleaning up that shot selection and, and taking more good shots and catch-and-shoot shots, that percentage is going to go up pretty quickly. Projecting to the NBA for a second, you know, when he gets to the NBA, you can't imagine that he's going to have the ball in his hands nearly as much as he does now. The opportunity in the NBA for him to get maybe more spot up shots, nine and twenty three isn't so many for someone with a usage rate like him. But just you know, some open opportunities below the break from behind the three point line could be really exciting for him. You know. like I said, not an expert, but you know, just projecting, you could see where a situation where he, all of a sudden he's got four threes in a quarter because you know someone else on his team is facilitating, and that's not something he has the luxury of here at Georgia. Well, I think also what you, what you mentioned is also one of the reasons I think he's going to be so good in the NBA. I actually like him when he has the ball in his hands because he's such a gifted playmaker. He can create space for himself, but he's also a really, really good passer. I think it's one of the most underrated Uh, aspects of his game and really always has been the pass against Michigan State from like half court and the fast break with the overhand bounce pass it was really more three-fourths court it was absurd oh my god but he's he's always had a knack and a gift for passing his vision um the live dribble pass he's always been able to do that he was just always asked to score on his teams uh, and I don't think everybody saw that but I think we've seen that at times this year that's really exciting. So I'm almost done here, and, and I, I want to be um, uh, aware of your time. So last two questions. Was there anything, you know, you've already touched on a couple of things, but was there anything else that uh, didn't quite make the story that was you know, interesting, but unfortunately had to get cut in the editing process? 
Um, I mean, honestly, there was a lot. Anthony and I spoke for, I don't know, 25 or so minutes. Uh, Tom and I talked for quite a long time about his development. I, I think, and and I put, I, I think I relayed this in the story, but uh, I was really impressed um, with his humility. I mean, this is a kid that that's going to be a potential number one pick, and um, you can tell that he is just loved by his teammates. Uh, he had a, a handshake with just about every single one of them. He was very encouraging in practice. Um, you could tell that he he wants his guys to to be successful. Um, this was in the piece too, but I think it's important to note uh, his work ethic. And you know, he he made a comment to me. You know, I, I he's basically he's built this reputation where a lot of times after games he's in the gym working out for another hour or hour and a half by himself, which for college kids that rarely happens. And I asked him if he did that before he got to Georgia. And he said he did it a couple times in high school, but he didn't have gym access, not the same that he has in Georgia. And he said his favorite part about being at Georgia is being able to get in the gym anytime he wants, especially late at night. Um, So it was something where in high school he didn't have quite the access to the facilities uh, where he does now at Georgia, and it's part of why he's loved his experience there so much. That's crazy. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of stories about rookies in the NBA getting to getting to whatever team they're on, and then some veteran says to them, all right, you don't understand. Like, we're here at 6 in the morning. We're here after games, and you need to come with me. It sounds like Anthony already has that in him. Yeah, I mean, I, he, he genuinely loves basketball. I, I think the, the players that make it in basketball, and this is probably no different for any other sport, are the ones that are passionate. Now, you obviously have to have – physical tools and and some gifts but the ones that are passionate and consumed with the sport uh, are the ones that make it far and Anthony Edwards is consumed with basketball he he wants to get better he genuinely um, wants to be pushed and I wrote that about his relationship with Justin Holland and now he's getting that from Tom Crean and and when you hear both of those two talk about the other and and how um, Tom's pushing Ant, and, and Ant's kind of thriving off that. Um, you can see how he's he, he's developing. It's funny. Ant's, Ant told me, he said, I can't have a bad practice here because Tom won't let me. He said, I could come into practice and have a, be in a bad mood or, or something during my day didn't go right, and I step on the floor, and he's so encouraging and upbeat and vibrant that I don't have any choice but to get my stuff together and have a great practice. I thought that was interesting. Wow. And it's almost like you read my mind because my last question was going to be about the coaches. You talked about his uh, Anthony's relationship with Holland and Crean and um, his AAU coach. Uh, and and that's, it's clear from your article and it's clear from the quotes that that was, you know, it's been really important. The relationship Anthony has with his coach has been really important for his development. And unfortunately for him, in the NBA, you don't get to pick your coach. But this is a podcast and we get to make stuff up. So if I'm going to put you on the spot. If, if among, let's say, the top 10 teams uh, in the NBA draft uh, projected right now, where do you think would be a good fit for, for Anthony coaching-wise or just system-wise? I think Anthony's game um, is is actually a, a great fit for the modern NBA. And I don't think that there's a system he can't fit into or, or a coach he couldn't um, thrive under. You know, I, I think uh, he's, he, his game is tailor-made for, for what the NBA is looking for in a guard right now. Uh, he's versatile. He's strong. He's athletic. He's a, um, going to be a really good shooter. He's a playmaker off the bounce. He can really create space. Uh, he can pass. 
And I think he has a lot of upside as a defender, which we haven't really discussed yet. And that's an area that him and Tom have really focused on. And, and in high school, honestly, it was a knock on him because he didn't try that hard on that end. And, and now we're seeing it in college where he's getting deflections. And, you know, he told me that big second half he had against Michigan State, he said, I got to that offensively because I bought in on defense and I was giving great effort on defense and it led into my offense. So uh, I think his game is tailor-made uh, for the modern-day NBA um, with the versatility and playmaking and shot-making and shot-creating. Um, that's the type of guy that the NBA is looking for. All right, well, Anthony and Georgia tonight are playing Kentucky, so we'll have an opportunity to see him against some elite competition and see his uh, – performance on the defensive end, you know, more tonight, let's say, than in most of his SEC competition. Uh, and so if you're listening after the game, maybe go back, see the highlights, see what he did, see how he matched up, who he matched up against. And if you're, if you're listening now before the game, keep an eye out. Thank you so much, Evan. This was awesome. Everybody should go to read your piece, Self-Made Man, How Anthony Edwards Became an Elite NBA Prospect. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. You guys at home, be sure to read the article. You can find it at 247sports.com. And you should follow, give Evan a follow on Twitter, at Evan Daniels. And you can also, brand new, fresh off the press, you can follow newly minted the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show on Twitter. And when you do, you can uh, tune in to see what we're thinking about doing for episodes. You can engage with us, give us feedback on what you hear. And most importantly, what I'm going to start doing now is with the hashtag 247CBB, you can now ask us questions and specifically ask questions for Jerry. You know, Jerry, he is an expert. He has been there, seen it, done it all. And so we want to answer the questions you want to hear. So when you tweet at the 247 Sports College Basketball Show, use the hashtag 247CBB, 247 College Basketball, and, and ask questions for Jerry because we will answer them on the podcast. Depending on the volume, we may or may not answer all of them, but we'll try to get to them. And, and that way we can really make this podcast the podcast that you want it to be. So, you know, tomorrow, Jerry and I are recording. Like uh, we talked about last week, we're going to talk about the three-point ball and how that's changed over the years and, you know, get into some other stuff as well. If there are topics that you want to hear us talk about tomorrow, quick tweet because no one's tweeting at us just yet. If you get in today, that's going to happen. So like I said earlier, um, be sure to watch Anthony Edwards tonight against uh, Kentucky. That'll be really exciting. Give, I think, a nice perspective to my conversation with Evan. Be sure to give a follow to Evan on Twitter and to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show on Twitter. And give us those questions for Jerry with the hashtag 247CBB. I'm your host, Tony Levitt, and I will see you again tomorrow with our regular edition of the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show.